It's an open source, fully encrypted messaging software. speak and I say Alexa right now she's muted so in the hardware the hardware itself she's not recording but if I unmute her then I speak that sound file is gonna get sent up into AW Amazon web services and stored in a file and I've looked you just open up the app and you can scroll through and I can hit play and I can hear the sound file so even if it's me talking and you guys are here in the room your guys the sounds of you being here will have will also be recorded so if you are also having a conversation that's also recorded up there and I didn't get your consent to to have this Alexa device here. Mm -hmm. I didn't, it's muted right now, so I'm, I'm assuming that that's an okay relationship, <laughs> yeah. but, but like, the, it's kind of like the consent aspect, and I think we talked a little bit when we were walking around in mm -hmm. Franklinton mm -hmm. about Toronto and the partnership with Google and Sidewalk Labs, mm -hmm. and how um, this is Google going in and saying that they wanna put a digital layer on top of the physical layer, mm -hmm. so that as a customer walks around, they can automatically turn on streetlights to have um, scalable sidewalks that changed from being roadways to sidewalks, mm -hmm. one-way roads entirely. You can have a lot more dynamic roads. Mm -hmm. All of the roads are solar panel, which generate heat, and that can generate more energy for the businesses around. Mm -hmm. But on top of that, they collect data, and they can get information like who's walking on it. They can Definitely. use cameras and start getting demographic information. And then Google being a company that likes to profit from data, who are they going to sell that data to? Yeah. Mm -hmm. By using the space as someone consenting with giving access for them to be collecting that data? How is Google collecting consent for collecting that data with people just interacting with a space? Mm -hmm. Like bringing it to the physical geography. Once we're laying digital layers on top of our physical reality, whether in the workplace mm -hmm. or in the public spaces, how do, how do we get consent for people or do we get consent? Or does it just become kind of basic knowledge that you're tracked at all times? That like the phone in your pocket is recording you and that this is recording you. What, what are your thoughts? I mean, I think consent is a good way to look at it. Um, you have to look at it also in the sense of who who has access to these things. If you know, say it's Google's doing it, so is it just on Google phones? Is it just Android, which is you know the kind of majority of the it's the biggest OS, right? Eighty percent of phones in the world have Android OS. Most mm -hmm. people have Google phones. But is it going to be uh, if I have an iPhone or if I have something else that doesn't use um, Google software? Am I also going to be tracked? Is my data going to be available? And if it's not, then is that does that pose a danger to me? Because if I'm walking down, if this is the way that if the streetlight's gonna turn on based on my phone's movement, and I don't have the right phone, well, am I not supposed to be in this area, right? It becomes a, a way to, of imposing kind of a di look, different way of looking at the environment, of constructing a spatial environment based on your identity that's being formed mm -hmm. by your immersion in this particular data, digital mm -hmm. ecosystem, right? And so consent, and, and usually in the way these things happen, um, consent is, is economic. It's based on your dollars and cents, right? It's based on who has the money to go and shop in this district and who can buy, who can afford the phone. If I have a Motorola Razor, you know, the one of the old flip phones, then my day, you know, even if I'm spending money in these shops, I don't necessarily have the, I'm not in part of this conversation. Mm -hmm. um, so how do you enlist people? Are you, are you, is it a voluntary thing? Is it opting in? Is it saying once we hit a critical mass of people with this, who can engage with this particular system, then we'll implement it? Or is it saying, we're gonna do it and then we're gonna to try to construct the behaviors of people who are in this environment so that it works, so that they are integrated into it, right? So if you look at kind of Columbus, Columbus is on a, a different kind of scenario, but the smart city kind of experiment going on here where the city's collecting data and it's working with these private partnerships um, to say, well, this the people, we want people who are connected. We want a connected citizenry. We wanna take this data that they're generating and use it to make the city better. But there was never, like I said, there was never a question of consent. 
it was never a question of people voting on this. It was just a matter of, we're gonna do this, we're gonna pilot this and see how it works. And if it's lucrative for the city and it's lucrative for the partners, then it becomes the, the default um, without actually thinking about who's left out of that conversation, who's left out of this idea of, of having a right to the city. And and also, I it's just the general mentality is one of this what people call technological solutionism. That technology is always the solution, and so they're huge problems, right? And so, to throw technology at it without thinking about the social, political, um, ecological aspects of things is really uh, problematic. And in addition to that, not only is there the issue of who gets to be in the, these spaces where they're our potential opportunities, but also uh, what kinds of spaces have these opportunities anyway, consent, irrespective of consent. Mm -hmm. So so in uh, poor neighborhoods, for example, where we were walking in Franklinton, for example, you're not going to see any smart city stuff, but you will see smart city stuff in perhaps in the other part of Franklinton that's the uh, up-and-coming part of Franklin. Probably around in the uh, old warehouse building. I mm -hmm. can't remember what that building is called. Maybe in 400. Steam, steam something? Steam factory? Steam factory, probably around the Coastside building. Probably mm -hmm. uh, in 400 West Rich, we'll see some stuff for the artists. But for the majority, I agree, we probably won't see much. Right. And, and uh, in addition to that, you have companies like Uber who is, are now selling their data to local and partnering with local governments for the purpose of city planning. When it's been shown that Uber, Uber drivers will not go to certain neighborhoods. And so city planning then uh, will end up by excluding whole neighborhoods based upon exclusions from Uber drivers because they're ba all of, because the planning is going to be based on the data from Uber. Mm. So um, yeah, so there's a, there's a real, very serious issue of exclusion in all of this. And another thing that we were talking about before is that, you know, you, you were saying before about the criminalization, you know, that you ha smart technology is being used to criminalize people mm -hmm. in certain neighborhoods, but then in other neighborhoods it's being used to provide apparent opportunity, even, you know, without consent nonetheless. There's so, a juxtaposition. Right, so that it's used for different purposes in different neighborhoods. 